Today's daf is daf pei gimel. We are going to begin on daf pei beis amud beis, the last line. V'chachma yivanas miasiri. Gemara asks a question with regards to the brisa. The brisa said that it's uh, prohibited to study Greek wisdom. So asks the Gemara, v'chachmas yivanas miasiri. Is Greek wisdom prohibited to study? But Tanya, we learned that our brisa, Amar Rebbe, Rebbe says, v'eretz Yisrael, in eretz Yisrael, loshin sursi lama. Why would somebody speak Syriac language? Either speak Lashon Kedish or Greek language. And Abyasi said, why would people speak Aramaic language? He speak Lashon Kedish or Persian language. So what do you see? If you see that Rabbi Yehuda's statement is mashma, that there's nothing wrong with learning and speaking Greek. My answers and says Amri the Chacham said, Lashin Yavani Lechud, the Greek language is one thing, and Chachmas Yavani is Lechud, and the Greek wisdom that's something else. In other words, there are two separate issues. Speaking Greek that's not a problem, but uh, Greek wisdom that's going to be an issue. That's going to be an issue. Ask the Gemara of Chachma Yavani is Mia Siri. Is the Greek wisdom itself actually usher? The Pasuk says, My eyes affect my eye affected my soul because of all my daughters of my city. Applied the Pasuk to personal tragedy. There were a thousand children in the household of my father Rabbi Gamliel. Mehem lamdu teda. Five hundred of them learned teda. Chamesh meis lamdu chachma yivanis, and five hundred of them learned Greek wisdom. mehem elani, and all the they were all killed. All the Romans were killed, and the only ones that remained of them are I, who is here, and uben achi abba baisia, and the son of my father's brother, who is in Aisia. So Rishim Gamliel statement is mashma. That is permitted to study Greek wisdom. So Amri, they said, Shani base Rebbe Gamliel, Shayakrevim the Malchus. The household of Rebbe Gamliel is different as they had close ties to the government. Since knowledge of Greek wisdom was crucial for the members of the family, the Chacham exempted them from the general decree. U Kidetanya, and as we learned in Abraisa, Hamasaper Kremi. Somebody who cuts his hair in the fashion of a kaimi, a certain haircut favored by um, a certain haircut that the Romans liked. This is the, considered the ways of the Amiraim, which is not uh, let The this aftulus aftumas bas the Chachamim permitted him to get this Kaimi haircut. Why? Because he has close ties with the government. The guy's comments, very, it's interesting, Gemara. Come sit. Um, um, and the Chachamim permitted Rabbi Gamil to discuss matters of the Greek wisdom. Why? Because it's he had close ties with the government. So we see when you have close ties with the government, then there's a heter for, um, 
for um, different learning Chachma Yivanis, etc., etc. Okay, we're holding. The Mishnah says, The Mishnah taught that a, a person may not raise a dog unless it is tied with chains. You're not allowed to raise a dog in your house unless it has chains on the dog. A person may not raise a dog. You hear? You're not allowed to have a dog in your house. Unless it's tied with a chain. But he may raise a dog in a city that is close to the border of the country. And he's a, he, tie, he ties it during the day and he, yeah, and he releases it at night. Tanya Revelazar Emir Agadli says, I'm a gadol klavim, a person who raises dogs. He's a gadol chazirim, it's like he raises pigs. What's the practical difference of the statement? If both are us, or why are you saying he's a gadol chazirim? So my answer is, let make him alay ba'orer, determining when one is chayiv to be cursed for it. Revelazar is saying that the same curse that we said by raising a pig is the same curse like somebody raises dogs. Amar Rav Yesi Bar Minyemi Amar Rav Nachman Bavel Kiir Hasmuch Lasvar Dami Bavel is considered like a city close to the border, and therefore it's permitted to raise dogs there. Targema Gemara says that in Bavel he interpreted Neharoi is referring to Nehardoi, sorry, a city that was close to the border. Dorish Rav Yisdoi Demin Beidi. He says like this. In the connection to the to the bris. Um, by the Brit, by the uh, by the by the by Neach, it says, <speaking in Hebrew> when it w- and when it rested, he said, "Return, O Hashem, to the myriads of the thousands of Israel." <speaking in Hebrew> teaches us that the Shechina does not rest upon the Yidden with a number fewer than two thousand and two myriads. It's going to be where which are, which. Where myriads is equal to 10,000. So myriads and thousand indicates at least two of each. Chaser achas. If they're lacking one individual from this total. Um, Say the boats. Ten times. Ten thousand. Now, chaser achas. Now, so what happened? There was uh, lacking one. And what happened was, so there was a pregnant woman amongst them who was fit to complete the number of, by giving birth. And what happened was, a dog barked at her and she miscarried as a result of her being scared. So it comes out that the dog caused the shechina to depart from the Jewish people. There was a certain woman who would enter, who entered a certain building to bake. Nefach Kalba, a dog barked at her. So Amr its owner said to her, don't be afraid of it. I already took out the cane on the teeth I took out from this dog. so she said to him, Shkila Tivusa Take your favors and throw them to the thorns. Why? I already felt that I already had a miscarriage because of your dog. The Mishnah says, One may not spread out traps 
for pigeons only if it was performed at a distance of 30 ris, which is 8,000 amis from the settled area, to ensure that privately owned pigeons are not caught in that traps. The Gemara asks, Umi ozli kule hai, do the pigeons really travel that far from the established places? Well, Tanan, but we learned in the Mishnah, one must distance a dove called 50 amas from the city, so that the pigeons that settle in the, in the coats do not eat the crop that grow in the gardens of the city. This shows that the range of a pigeon is only 50 amas, whereas four mil is 8,000 amas. Rabaya meshet shayetuba, Pigeons fly much more than 50 amas from their, from their place. But their stomachs uh, are full from the food they find within 50 amas. And therefore, they do not eat any more f- uh, beyond that range. Yeah. He's saying with regards to flying, it's only 30 years and no more. But Tanya, we learned the Yishuv, in Yishuv, one may not spread it on a, out a trap for pigeons, even a distance of uh, 100 mil. A mushroom that a privately owned pigeon might be trapped even 100 mil away from the settled area. So why then does the Mishnah permit trapping uh, beyond 4 mil? Vesev Omar Vesev says, It's about a settled area where vineyards are grown. Since the pigeons, the pigeons rest in the vineyard as they travel, they're able to uh, go a great distance. Rabbi Omar, we're talking about the rice is talking about a settled area where there are many dove coats which they can rest from their flight. If there are many dove coats along the way, let the Tana learn the Isser against setting pigeons' traps due to the dove coats themselves. Since the Mishnah teaches that it's also to trap pigeons within four mil of privately owned dove coats, it should be irrelevant that there is a city 100 mil away. So the Either we're talking about dove coats that belong to a goy, and the issue against trapping pigeons from private dove coats applies only to a yid, not a goy. But the hefker, we're talking about the hefker, ownerless. Or you could say it's referring to the dove coats that are his, that belong to the same individual who is setting the pigeons trap. We have now, Baruch Hashem, completed Parak Maruba. No, 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 we have the next element. Um, no, you shouldn't get private private pigeons that don't belong to you. Well, what's the purpose of it? What do you mean you get private? You wanna, you wanna, uh, yeah, you want to chop them, but it doesn't belong to you. It doesn't belong to you. You're taking somebody else's. All right, so now we're going to start the the uh, next pedic, the eighth pedic of Achevel, I believe, if my memory serves correct, from Achevel to the end of the Masechta. It's much, much easier. So we can take a breather and uh, <laughs> relax a little bit. All right, you ready? If somebody injures another person, he hits somebody and he injures him. So the Mishnah says, He has to pay, he has to compensate the injury with five types of payment. Number one, benezek, with damage. Bitsar with pain, Beripoi with medical cost, Besheves with the loss of livelihood, Ubaishas and for humiliation. And the Mishnah says, Beneza Ketzad, how is payment for damage assessed? Simei es if one blinded another's eye, Kotas Yodai, or he severed his hand. Shibes Ragle broke his leg. Um, so what they did is like this. The basin views this person. The person who was injured as though 
you were a slave, being sold in the slave market, the Beisdin appraises how much he was worth before the injury and how much he's worth after the injury. And the difference between these two is the amount that the person who caused the damage has to pay. Now, Tsar, how is payment for pain assessed? If one burned another with either like a, a skewer or with a hot nail, or even if one buried another with his fingernail, or a place where it does not cause a bruise that would affect the victim's value on the slave's market. The base then evaluates how much a person is ready to, um, the, the pain threshold um, as a victim is willing to take in order to suffer this way. Um, to suffer this way. And the one who burned the victim has to pay this amount. How much a person would be willing to get his hands burnt for a little bit, etc. Ripoy, what does it mean, the medical cost? What's that? Yiko, if a person struck another person, he has to heal him. If, if, um, if were growths, in other words, let's say blisters or rashes, appeared on him, appeared on the injured party, if the growths are due to the blow, the one who struck him is chayev. If the growths are not due to the blow, then the one is potter. If let's say the guy, the, the, the wound healed, and then it reopened, and then it healed again, and then it reopened, the one who struck him is still chayev, to heal the injured party by paying his metal costs because of the current wound resulted of the original injury that keeps happening. If the injury healed fully, then the one who struck him is not chayiv to heal him by paying for any of the medical costs. Right. Now what's Sheves? What is, uh, what is the loss of livelihood? The Beislin views the person who got hurt as though he were a watchman of cucumbers. And the one who caused him injury must compensate him based on that pay scale for the income that he lost during this time. We don't take into account the value of the standard wages of the injured party because the one who caused him injury already gave him compensation for his hand or compensation for his leg, and that compensation took into account of his prof- uh, professional skills. Right. Now, what's basis? What's humiliation? It depends all on the stature of the one who humiliates the other and the one who is humiliated. Mm-hmm. Why does the Mishnah take for granted that the one who caused injury is chayv to pay compensation for the injured party? If the Tatus says an eye for an eye, so you could say that you got you got to knock out the guy's eye, take it out rather than pay money. So, huh? Yeah. So my answer is it says Don't do, don't don't think this. Why? The Tanya like this. We learned in a brisa. This principle in the Mishnah derived. We have like this. The Tatus says. Um, an eye for an eye, a tooth for a tooth, a hand for a hand, a foot for a foot. It's like this. You would think, One would have thought that if one blinded the eye of another, 
You would think that if one blinds the eye of another person, the base then blinds the eye as a punishment. Or he, let's say he severed the hand of another person. He has to sever the hand. He goes and breaks the, 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 the leg. So maybe you have to go and break the leg. That's what there says. That's what the Torah says, one who strikes a person or one who strikes an animal. Just as one who strikes an animal is chayv to pay compensation, monetary compensation, so too a person who strikes another person doesn't actually get an ayin tachas ayin, but rather he has to pay compensation. And if you wish to say that there's an objection to this, the Torah says, says, you shall not take ransom for the life of a murderer who is guilty of death. Which is only for the life of a murderer that you shall not take ransom. But you shall take ransom for one who uh, severed another's uh, extremities, which is an analogy to the death of a limb as we know that severed limbs doesn't come back, doesn't, uh, doesn't regenerate. So the Gemara asks, hey Maka, to which in the Bryce is referring to when it says, one who strikes a person. If we say that the Bryce is referring to a case, one who strikes an animal shall pay its compensation, and the one who strikes a person shall be put to death, this passage is referring to killing, not injury, and there's no monetary compensation for killing. Elo mehacho, but rather from here. Mak nefesh behemo, yishalmenu nefesh tachas nefesh. Nefesh tachas nefesh. One who strikes an animal shall pay its compensation life for a life. The samachle, and we and next day, what does it say? Ish ki yitin musamisei, mumbamisei. And if a man uh, gives a mum to his friend, as he has done, so it shall be done for him. So the Gemara says, but this later passage does not use the expression of one who strikes, which is the basis of the comparison of the Brisa. So the Gemara answers and says, um, Gemara answers and says, we are, we are stating an analogy from striking to striking that is based not upon the exact phrasing of the Pasuk, but upon the details of the Allah. Just as the striking is stated with regards to an animal is the tashlumen, you have to pay for it. means the tashlumen for compensation. So the Gemara says, where the Torah says, one who injures another person and a man who strikes any person shall be put to death. Which means that in the case of a person who hurts another person, let's say death of a limb, is done to the one who caused the injury, and he does not pay the monetary compensation. So the Gemara says, the Pasik does not mean that the limb shall be put to death, removed, but rather it means you have to pay compensation with money. So Gemara says, maybe it means actual getting to death. So the Gemara says, why not? Number one, we're comparing it to one who strikes an animal, you shall pay for it. But another thing, Siva Sreit says at the end, 
as he has given blemish to a person, so shall it be given to him. And we learn from here that it's referring to money. And what, what, what does it mean? Like, there's a potential difficulty that you're saying that if you wish to say. So, so it's the The Bryce means that a further difficulty was troubling the Tana. Why do you see? What do you see that you're learning the principle of payment, the monetary payment from the phrase "one who strikes an animal"? Why not learn it out from the pasuk of "one who strikes a person shall be put to death," and learn that causing an injury makes a person chayav to receive physical uh, retribution, which is an analogy to death and not actual payment? So my answer says, "Amri So he says like this. We learn, um, we learn a, a pasuk concerning damages and the Allah has the damages from to damages. Damages are derived from the pasuk concerning damages, and the Allah has of damages are not learned from the pasuk of death. So the Mar says, Adarab, on the contrary, why not say that Allah is concerning Dun Adam Adam learn uh, Allah is concerning a person are derived from Sukkim of a person, and then uh, and not Allah is concerning a person. Are not derived from the from animals, so the Mara says. This is what it means. And if you wish to say, says, and you shall not take a ransom for your life of a murderer who is guilty of death. But you shall die. Which is it's mashma that only if the life of a murderer that you shall not take ransom. But you shall take ransom for one who severed other extremities, for example, uh, limbs that do not regenerate. So the Maya asks, But isn't the Pasik, you shall not take ransom for your life of a murderer, comes to exclude in case of a person who severs another uh, extremities from the Isra against taking Kaifer? Sorry. This pasuk is teaching us that you shall not, um, you shouldn't, you shouldn't give two punishments to him, which means do not take money from him, and ransom and kill him. So my answer is high This halacha is learned from according to the measure of his evil doing. In other words, that. Only one evil doing, evil doing can you make him mechayev, but you do not make him liable for two evil doings. One cannot receive two punishments for the same act. So Mara asks, but here, but you still need it. But the Pasik, it's still necessary to teach that one shall not take money and thereby exempt the guilty from being put to death. The Pasuk does not serve to exclude liability to pay damages from the Isra against restitution. So the answer says, Let the terrorists say, you shall not take ransom, um, and say, for one who is guilty to death. Why does the Pasuk need to say for the life of a murderer? So now we learn from here, that a murderer that you shall not take ransom, but you could take kaifer, you could take ransom, one who took uh, the ivarim, which do not regenerate once severed. 
What do I need to have this pasuk of makemake? Amri said, "Ima he have a mini boy ain't a native. boy Because if not for this pasuk, you would say the person who caused damages he could choose to give his eye, and if he desires, he could choose to give the value." So therefore, we learn from behema. Ma make behema means letashlumen for compensation. Af make means letashlumen for compensation. Okay, Tanya learned in Abraai said of the story when the potato says an eye for an eye, mamin means monetary restitution. You say that it means that the, he has to pay the victim monetary restitution, or maybe it's only teaching us that an actual eye. So he says, Amris, you say, Amris, Hare Shahoiso, Ene Shazek, Deleve, Ene Shazek, Tana, Hechani Kedeba, Ain Tachas Ain. If what happens in a case, the eye, that one who caused the injury is large and the eye of the injured party is small. So how could that be an eye for an eye? One eye is small, one eye is big. And if you're going to say, and if you say that in all cases like this, where the eyes are different sizes, then the injured party takes monetary restitution. The Teda says, you have one manner of the law, which means that it has to be one halacha equal to all of you. Exactly. So Amri is the answer. What's the difficulty in saying that the eye should be blinded? Perhaps as the one who caused the injury took the sight from the injured party's eye. So that maybe the Teda states that the basin should take the sight from his eye as well, no matter the size of the eye. Since if you do not see, then by the same logic, you can ask the same question if a small person killed a large person or a large person killed a small person how do you kill the murderer? The Teda says you should have one manner of law which means that the law should be equal for all of you. So the punishment has to be the same for all murderers. Rather, explain that since the murderer took the life of the victim he took the life of the victim. So the Teda says that the Beisden should likewise take the life from him. Achanami, here too, the one who caused the injury, took the sight from the eye of the injured party. So the Teda states that the Beisden should likewise take the sight from this eye. Therefore, the Gemara does not accept how Reb Deisti ben Yehuda learns in accordance with the objection of the Chacham. Okay, maybe a little bit more, we can go right there. Should we go a little bit more? We have a mind of 10 minutes. Okay, Tanya, Tanya Idah. We'll start in another b'raisa. Shem and Yechai says, Ayin takas ayin. Taylor says an eye for an eye, which means mamin, money. Ata imir mamin, in ala ayin mamish, maybe it means an eye. Hare shahaya seima v'sima kiteya v'kita chigar v'chigar hechani mekayim v'za ayin takas ayin v'atele omer mishpat achas yelachem. Now, there's a case where there was a blind person and the blind and he blinded another. Or the one who had a severed limb and he severed the limb of another. Or there was a lame person and he caused another person to be lame. In that case, how can I fulfill an eye for an eye? If you're going to suggest that it means mamish uh, money, if you say money, so that means one thing. But if he already is lacking the limb that must be injured, how can you say ayin takas ayin? The Teda says that you shall have one halacha, which teaches that the law shall be equal for all of you. 
So Amri the Chacham said, my kusha, what's the question? Dilma, heichad efshir, efshir. In a case where it's possible to render the guilty party chayiv according to the punishment list in the Torah, it's possible. And the basin does so. Heichad delay efshir, lay efshir. In a case, and if it's not possible, then we exempt him. If not, if you're not going to say that punishing one and exempting another is not uh, is not then you have the same question. In a case of one who has a wound that will cause him to die within 12 months, so if you, let's say you have a wound, um, yeah, in the case of one who has a wound that will cause him to die within 12 months, and who killed a healthy person? How do you? How do you? Uh, do, uh, what, do we, uh, what do we do with him? Allah, rather you said like this. To a person, yeah. He says it means he's going to die in twelve months. So Allah, like this. In the case where it's possible to make the guilty party guilty, we say yeah. Well, where it's not possible. It's not possible, but we exempt it. Therefore, the Gemara does not accept, again, in accordance with the objection of the Chacham. Now the Gemara says another thing. He says like this. Here it says, So shall be given unto him. Giving means money. So the Gemara says, When the Tater says, and he has given a blemish to a person. Does this mean also refer to money? Eaten means that he caused an actual injury. Even though it means giving. So why are you saying Yenasen Yitin means giving? It means, uh, means money. So Amri, he said, So Amri, The school of Yishmal are interpreting an extra passage. Taylor says, and if a man gives a blemish to his neighbor, as he has done, so shall be done to him. Why don't you have the pasuk of so shall it be given to him? So must be mummy. So my answer is, I did by mitzvah kenyan asalai because of nami kashiyitin ba'adam. The Torah says, a hand for a hand. Which means, given from hand to hand. What's that moment? Also means money. It's the teaching that the witnesses has to pay compensation when the item passed from foot to foot. So Amri, now the Gemara learns another thing. Omar Abaya says the principles derived from that which was taught in the school of Now, which means a life for a life, but not an eye and a life for an eye. And if you think that it means literally, then zin in the mishkachas la'ayim and efesh tachas ayin. There could be times that you find a case where both an eye and the life are taken for an eye. The bahader da'averlei, when the one who caused the damage is so weak that 
the Beisdin blinds his eye and his soul departs from his body. So the Gemara says, Perhaps we evaluate the physical condition of the, the person. If he can withstand the punishment, then we blind his eye. And if he cannot withstand the punishment, then we do not. Uh, we do not do so, and he undergo and he goes uh, unpunished. Mm-hmm. Now, we If we evaluate him and determine that he can withstand this punishment, of If uh, if we evaluate him and determine that he can withstand this punishment, and we do not, and we do and we do so to him, blind his eye, and e and if his, and if he dies, he dies. The Milei Tanan Gabi Malkus. Then we learn in regards to Malkus that Ma'amdu Meis Tachas If the base then now evaluated him and determined how many Malkus he could handle, and Lepoil he died. He died in the middle. So Pater, the base then is Pater. Okay, we'll start for Rebbe Zvid.